Welcome back to another episode of Bible Answers for Today's Christians. Um, it's good to see you guys again. Uh, tonight's topic is going to be on being a godly father and the importance of having a godly father um, in your home and what it can do for your kids and just all around the importance of being a godly father. So, Pastor, why don't you start us off tonight um, with being a godly father? All right. Well, um, first of all, you know, I think there's a there's an initial very important step to being a godly father and that that obviously is to be saved and the reason is because salvation when you're saved the holy spirit moves inside of you and he is uh, what's called our guide which is uh what the bible reminds us of in um, john 16 13 it says the holy spirit's our guide and so you know, if you're not saved and spiritually born again, um, then that Holy Spirit is not in us. And if he's not in us, then that guide is not there either. Mm -hmm. And so we need the Holy Spirit inside of us to guide us. And, and we're reminded that we are sealed. When you're saved, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And so he never leaves. He never forsakes you. So he is really initially our main source of strength and help uh, as a godly father. And, and really, we can't do it without the help of God in our life. And so I would say to you tonight that if you're not saved, if you don't know the Lord as your Savior, that you would open your heart to Christ. He will draw you to himself if you um, hunger and desire him. And so um, I would say it starts with salvation. Um, find Christ in your heart. And then, um, then you have to grow in the Lord. You have to have a hunger to desire. Uh, you know, if a father doesn't desire to be a godly father, it's not going to happen. You know, so, so there has to be a desire. I believe the Holy Spirit works in us to create the desire to be that godly father. And, and so that desire comes out in the fact that you want to learn. You want to grab a hold of uh, some things that, that Jesus taught us because what Jesus taught us is perfect and it's true and it'll never change. So be saved and then you know begin a life with God. And then I would say simply just walk with God. Amen. Spend time with the Lord. Uh, cultivate a personal relationship uh, to you and the Lord. You know, it. Um, sometimes a man will think that it is a weak thing to be a sold-out Christian, that somehow he's he's weak in that. But, you know, I reminded of the little boy that brought his Bible to school, and um, every day the bully would come up to him and say, hey, you must be a sissy if you're carrying your Bible to school. You know, what's wrong with you? And every day he taunt the poor boy about bringing his Bible. And finally one day the little boy got fed up with it. And he looked at the, the bully. The bully came up and said, there is the sissy again carrying his Bible. And the little boy took out his Bible, gave it to the bully and said, then you carry it. <laughs> and you see, it doesn't, it shows us that you really have to have some strength to um, stand for the Lord. So it is not weakness to be a man 
who desires a godly life with Christ and walks with God. And, you know, we need God in us every day. We need God's word in us. There's a pattern in Scripture of men of God who would rise up early and get up in the morning and spend time with God and in prayer and just seek the Lord. And that pattern um, is all throughout Scripture. And, um, and it's seen um, in that, that walk with God. You know, uh, I think with that walk with God is, is church. You know, if you love God, um, you're going to want to be in church. You're going to want to soak in the word in your heart and your life. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, I can be a good Christian and not go to church. Well, I want to tell you something. You're, you're not going to learn and be equipped like you need to unless you are under the preaching of the word. And... Um, you know, a godly preacher that is preaching the truth of the word is the greatest source of strength for a father. And it will give you a, a strength that um, you won't find in this world. It'll give you direction that uh, you would not normally have uh, in our own ability. So be saved. Uh, is the first step walk with God spend some time with God cultivate the relationship grow um, and and begin to walk with God and I would say those are the first steps that's really first base to being a godly Amen. father and um, so I'll give it to one of you other guys here to add to that well I'm not much of a uh, I haven't been a father for a long time, so <laughs> um, so I'm still learning the uh, process and the uh, 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 you know timing and all, and you know doing all getting all that. Um, my my daughter's only seven months old, so um, being a new father is something that is uh, very eye opening to me. And just thinking that you know I have a child to raise and a child to take care of is something that's very important and very uh, I've been very blessed by God to, to have the privilege to do that. And, um, but being a godly father, um, I think what pastor said was great was starting out with, um, salvation. And of course, uh, getting into the, uh, Bible and reading God's word and, uh, your prayer life is very important. And, uh, the Bible is very important. Just that talk and that walk mm -hmm. with God. Yeah. I think it's just a great, great kickoff to being a good godly father. And um, I'm not going to say I know it all because I've only been <laughs> a father for seven months now with my daughter being born. Um, so, But I, I, I can give just some helps to y'all today on how to be a godly father. And then I, I was looking at this, and I looked in Luke chapter uh, 15. Um, it talks about the father who had two sons. And one son stayed home with him, and the other uh, ran away from home and took his money and all that he had, and he wasted it into a, a wasteful living life. And he went away from his dad and his mom, and he, he didn't want to be home. He didn't want to be there, but he wanted to do what he wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And um, during that story, the father is always waiting for his son to come home. He's always there and ready for his son, who even his son has rejected him and left him 
and said, I don't want to, you know, be here. I'm going to go do my own thing and wasted his living and wasted all he had. The father still loved his son. And that is a, a encouragement to me is to, uh, I think, I think love, loving your children is a big, important thing for us as, as to be a godly father right. to your kids. Right. Um, there's many ways you can show your love. There's many ways you can, uh, 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 do love like going to work every day and providing for them and um that that during that story you know as that one uh one of his sons goes away into the worldly desires of the world and he he gets to a point where he's out of money and he's out of out of his luck and he's gotten to a such a low point that he starts to think about home and he starts to think about his father and he knows that his father's waiting for him to come mm-hmm. home and I think that's such a great example for us being fathers is that we should love our kids so much that we should be waiting for them if they do go astray and love them so much that we should just be waiting and, mm-hmm. and longing and yearning for them to come home. And um, as that end of that story goes, the son does come home and the father waits for him and the father rejoices. And the father rejoices. He doesn't scold the son. He doesn't say, oh, you left me and you're not welcome back here. No, the father loves his son. And that's an important step of being a godly father, I think, is love in the home. I think it's starting your walk with God first. And then I think is having love toward your wife, love toward your kids, uh, love toward uh, everyone else, you know, not being a... a, a a stick in the mud all the time, you could say, <laughs> being something like that. But you, you, you need to have love towards your children, love towards uh, others in your home. And um, I think that's an important step is that many of us men can miss that step. We can be so busy and caught up in, in our work situation and stuff going on here and stuff going on there that we just neglect our family or we neglect our children and we don't take the time to love them. And um, I think that love is an important step of being a godly father. And like I said, you know, I've only been a father for seven months now. You know, I'm still learning, still in the learning process, still learning a lot of things every day that come up that I had no clue about. So, (laughs) but uh, just something to uh, uh, feed, feed feed your belly there is just to have love for your kids, have love in your family, and um, God will bless that. Can I throw one thing in about that? You know, we often as parents fear our children going astray. And if you have love in that home and that child genuinely feels love in that home, they are not going to want or need to get out into the world and find that love. That's right. They're not going to desire that. That love is already there in the home that you've created. And, um, you know, if love is always there, there's always going to be a connection with that child, even if they go through some problems or even if they go through some troubles in life, they're going to know and remember where love truly is. Mm-hmm. And I say this, a church works the same way. That's right. When there's a church where people feel loved and, and, and know that both God and the people there love them, it all it serves as a a place where somebody may wander away or somebody may go astray, but if they do, they always know that place, that home, that family, that church, is a place where love abides. 
and it is a constant draw. You know, it's the love of Christ that constrains us. So as we raise kids, if we have a stressful home or a home where love is not shown or given, why would our children want to be in that kind of home? Why would they? They're going to go to the world to find love. Yep. And, and so I say to you that I agree at that point. It's very important that love is a part of the home. Yeah. So um, I, I, I kind of have a breakdown of the three different relationship types that the Christian normally goes through. Talking about somebody that's raised in a Christian home. And uh, the first being, uh, number one, is like the fundamentals and discipline. And so as a baby, uh, they don't know how to walk. They don't know how to talk. So there's a lot of things. You have to go through a lot of those fundamentals. And you have to teach them those things. You have to teach them how to, how to talk. And some of that's by example. Some of that's literally by teaching. And there has to be a discipline there, too. There's a, the, the fundamentals and the discipline. So you would not want to give that young child, that young baby, a glass cup. Um, they play with that. They break it. They don't have the understanding to not cut themselves on that piece of glass. So that yeah. discipline has to mm. be there. Yeah. Mm. Uh, to where you're, 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 you don't necessarily explain why, but the discipline's there, and they know that that's not a good idea. So they know that but from the discipline. The second stage is the communication and the commands. And so this is where you really start to teach them. Uh, you really start to communicate with them. You, you're in your Bible. You're showing them different things. And th that's, this is when they're getting a glimpse of somewhat of, of what the Christian life is. But this is a point where you're using more of your commands. Um, physical discipline is biblical and it is necessary. But it's a nice thing when you get to a stage in your child's life when you move beyond the paddle and you use your words instead. Mm -hmm. And it's a really interesting thing. I have a kid right now that um, he really hates when dad is not pleased with what he's doing. And it... And, and, it, you can just see this sorrow come on his face because he's just so sorrowful that daddy had to get on to him. Mm -hmm. And he's at a point where uh, I, I still do use uh, the paddle, but I, 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 don't, I, I, I can use my words. Mm -hmm. He still needs to understand there's consequences for bad. But yeah. at the same time, I can talk him through, uh, well, now we can go into the why. Well, why is that wrong? Well, you play with that glass, it breaks, and you cut yourself, you can really do a lot of damage, and you can hurt other people. And so there's that, um, that communication and commands. And this is, this is really when that child starts to um, really learn who you are. And this is very important. You'll do something, and then you'll realize your kid does that exact same yeah. In the same exact mannerisms. Kids put their hip hands on their hips and they get on to their baby doll. You know what I mean? So they, they pick up those mannerisms from us. And this is when you they see the real you. So you out in public can be different from you in the home. And this is the one that they're going to learn. And this is important to have that communication. Hey, I'm not perfect, but I'm going to try and do my best. But... 
at this point, if you are passing down Jesus as a family heirloom, then it only has a sentimental value and it doesn't have a personal value. And they're just going to put Jesus on the shelf. Yeah, I have my Jesus. I was born in a Christian home. I don't know how many times I knock on somebody's door and they say, oh, oh yeah, I, my, my dad, my grandpa was a pastor. Oh, well, hey, that is great. But I'm talking about you and your soul today. Yep, Where are right. you going to go when you die? Because uh, they have gone through emotion and they put on a good show and an act, and they may not even be saved. They may not know what true uh, Christianity is. So uh, you want to show them exactly who it is. And, and it has to be under God's authority, under your authority. Um, the quotes, uh, there's a quote that says, if you send your child to a Roman schools, you can expect to get back a Roman. And so if you have somebody else influencing this kid mm -hmm. and communicating with them instead of you, then don't be surprised when that's what they follow. If they're stuck in their phone all day and they have unfettered access to whatever they want, you can uh, just know that that's what's going to lead them. Their curiosity is going to take them into a place that they don't need to be, and in turn, you're going to have sin. And then instead of just the communication part, the command part, now you're having to deal with what, what could be some serious sin. So we have to show our kids uh, a, a true Christian in ourselves, it has to be genuine. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so, uh, the third one is uh, at a certain point, I want to completely be at a step back and I want to say, All right, now you as a person have to follow God. And really, that's the ultimate place I want to get my kids. I still want to be right. their dad, I, st I, 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 I will still step in if I really need to, but I want to be at a completely step back. Right. And where they will themselves say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And though uh, there could be a lot of my influence involved with that decision because of what I've taught them out of the Bible, what I've showed them by example, but I want them to be at that point where they surrender their life to God. So that's ultimately what my goal is to get to number three, but I can't skip number one and I can't skip number two. Mm -hmm. right. Those have to be there. And number two is extremely crucial to getting to number three. If you are a <laughs> fake, it's going to be really hard to have three implemented in their life. doesn't mean that God can't get a hold of them. God can get a hold of somebody's life. Uh, God can get a hold of a person that's in a worldly family that has no, uh, no relationship with, uh, with God as a family. So... Uh, don't be afraid to to show them that you yourself, and actually you have to show them by example that you yourself do follow God. Right. You know it's 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 kind of crazy, yeah. um, knocking on doors and just talking to people. Uh, just what the witness of prayer is in somebody's life. So there's been several times I'm knocking on somebody's door and I, I if if I see a need that they have. They come to the door and their arms in a cast or something. They're hurting. They're limping. They're on oxygen. There's all kind of things. There's some uh, maybe some just some things you pick up on. I, I make I I'm, take that as an opportunity and I pray with them. And I think it's very important to do something like that because most people have never had anybody pray with them. 
and oh, I, I want to yeah. chastise you as a dad. If your kid goes all the way through your house and you call yourself a Christian and they've never heard you pray, shame on you. Yeah. You have to show right. them right. that you walk with God. Not only that you walk with God, but you desire every day to do his perfect will. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that is uh, three, you and your own life being in, in part three. It's going to be really hard to get your kid into part three unless they can see that in you. Now, yeah. again, somebody can, anybody can uh, let God get a hold of their life. I also want to kind of uh, go to the other brother. That's actually what I was going to talk about today in, in, in Luke chapter 15. In verse 11, and it says, And a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Give me the portion of goods that falleth to me, and he divided unto him his living. And not many days after, the young gathered all together uh, and took his journey a far country and wasted everything. Just riotous living is what the Bible says about him. And then he got to a point where he came home. Uh, Brother Titus was talking about that. And so thankful that father, open arm, accepted him back in. Yeah. But the other brother... Uh, a lot of times it gets, gets a lot of negative flack because uh, he comes home. Let's, let's look at the verse, mm -hmm. uh, verse 25. And his elder son was in the field. He was working, right? And he came and drew nine to the house and heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, thy brother has come home. The servant was excited. But this other brother wasn't that excited. But what was he doing? He was out in the field, most likely doing exactly what his father taught him to do. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I want to kind of give uh, uh, a little bit of acknowledgement that this son got, I believe, to point three. He got past uh, part, point one, point two. Uh, the one that went away was in two and then decided to be disobedient. The brother, the elder brother, got to point three, and he decided to, to work with his dad and to cherish him and to do a lot. And it, 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 it's kind of interesting. Uh, he, he comes home, and he says, what's going on here? And the servant says, uh, well, your brother came home. He didn't know about that. The, the dad did not tell the elder son. Why? Because the son was busy. And also, I believe, it was because the dad knew that the elder son was taking care of business. I'm not going to bother him. I'm going to let him do his mm -hmm. thing. His, I, I believe that the dad had a lot of trust in it, and it follows that up with, uh, with the last verses that, that actually talk about uh, this story here. But it, uh, in, in uh, verse 30, and it says, But as soon as uh, thy son was come, which had devoured thy living with harlots, thou was killed for him, the fatted calf. This is the older son talking to the dad, and he's a little upset. I would probably be upset too. If I worked so hard and come back with my dad doing what I was supposed to be doing, and I come back and my younger brother, the brat, is has a big, huge party for him, I probably wouldn't be all that happy. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, looking beyond that, this is what the father said. The father said, and he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. 
he stayed with his dad. He took the teaching, the learning, the correction. He went to work, I believe, with his dad. And the end result was that dad trusted in him and was willing to give him everything. So that kind of so shows the trust part in, in, in the point three. Mm. When you have uh, being spiritually led and assisted and providing assistance. So we have the fundamental fundamentals and the discipline is one, the communication and commandments, which is two, and being spiritually led and assistance is number three. So we have to get our kids to that point three uh, where they themselves have a desire to serve God. And that is the hardest one to do, really. It's easy to discipline your kid and say, hey, hey no, that's wrong. It's easy to tell your kid, hey, two plus two is four, uh, and these are things you're not supposed to do, and this is why. But it's a really hard thing to get, him, get your child to trust in God. But it is a whole lot easier when you are an example of that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. as a father, we have to be an example to our, our kids. And you know, I also, there's other men that I look around too that they are an example to me. And I see how their relationship is with their dad. And I, I learn from that as a father. I say, well, how can I implement that in my family life? Yeah, yeah so um, the key, I think, is getting the heart of your child with you. So what would you guys say? How would you say that you get a hold of the heart of your child? How would you do that? Go ahead, Brother Brandon. Let me well, think about that one. <laughs> I, I think there, uh, there's different ways you can do that, and I think di- kids act different. You know, you have some kids that are just introverts. You have some that are extroverts, and you can go into a whole science on that. But I think a big part of it is just spending time with them. Yeah. I think, it's you know, one of the, yeah. the games that we play in the house is the catch game. And it's kind of a tickle fest. And they, they all run for me, and they come and tackle me. And, I, and they love that. Oh, Daddy, can we play catch game? Can we play? It's, 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 it doesn't cost anything. It's just a little bit of time, and yeah. maybe a few bruises. We throw each other around, and I, <laughs> I rough them up, and I, I try and get them tough. But they they love that, and I, I believe that's I believe that's the biggest part. You have to spend time with them and work with them, and I believe that's our job: showing them scripture, showing them the Bible, bringing them to church, yeah. being really just being an an example. Right. I think uh, that's a very good point. That's a very good key thing into winning the heart of your uh, children. I think also what Brother Brandon was talking about before is leading by example um, to your children. Um, I'm pretty sure everyone at this table has seen it and heard it. You're talking to uh, another dad or something, and they're out there smoking their cigarette, and their son walks by, and they tell him, yeah, you're, you're not, you're, you're not going to smoke cigarettes. Don't do that. It's bad for you. When the dad is out there, got one in his mouth, yeah, himself. he's not, he's not the example to that. Blown yeah, back at him. and and I've seen it, and y'all have probably seen it time and time again where they do that, and they they say that to their kids, and their kids are just you know kids aren't dumb, they're not, <laughs> you know they're not stupid. They know that you're the one that's doing it yourself, and they question their mind. Well, if you can do it, I can do it. No matter what you say, you know your example, your actions speak louder than words. And to capture your kid's heart, I think is to be a good example and to actually uh, walk the walk and don't just talk the talk, you know, actually do it, put it into practice, you know, 
uh, you know, kids don't, oh, don't, don't ever drink alcohol, you know. And then the dad comes home with a, a 12 pack of beer and, and drinks it himself. Yeah. You know, and I know the dad knows the consequences of that. And that's why he tells them that. But that's not, that's not leading by example. No. You know, those kids see that and they just think, well, why are you doing it then? You know? Yeah. And, and it's like, a, it, it's so, uh, prevalent nowadays how so many fathers especially fathers mothers can be this way too but especially fathers can say hey don't do this but then they do it themselves they're a hypocrite you know they say oh yeah you need to you need to be in church and you you need to uh, i've seen it many times you, you need to get on the bus route and, and you need to go to church you need to get on the bus and you need to go to church but the dad never ever once comes to church never once does that mm-hmm and I, I'm not saying that the kid should stay home because the dad stays home. I'm not saying that, but um, no. I'm saying that the dad should lead by example and that the dad should say, hey, let's get in the car. We're going to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We're going to do that. Hey, and then he does it himself. Hey, we're not going to uh, we're, we're going to read our Bible. And then the kids see their dad reading their Bible, you know, leading by example will capture those kids heart, I believe. And. And, and I've said this before, but, you know, I'm not an expert on it. You know, I've just had a, a, a little girl. But, you know, just seeing her um, and the things that she does, you know, and the things that we've taught her, just being seven months old, she can't even talk yet. You know, she, she watches me, and she watches what I'm doing. And she's only seven months old. You may think, oh, she doesn't think anything. Well, yeah, she, she does. She knows what I do, and she, she sees what I do. You know, she's only uh, seven months old. A seven-month-old has a brain to think and a brain to see and a brain to learn on how mom and dad do things, you know. And um, uh, I think that's a thing that is lost nowadays is that men, and especially fathers, have lost the art of being a good godly man and showing it in their their own life mm-hmm. than not just saying it. I can say all I want, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a uh, Christian, but if I go out and I shoot someone and kill someone because I hated them because they did something to me, I, I never showed, would you, no one would believe I'm a Christian. So the same thing goes for us fathers. You know, we need to walk the walk and not just talk the talk is what I believe and to capture yeah. someone's heart. So let's address this subject. If you lose the heart of your child, um, first of all, how do you know if you've lost the heart of your child? And second of all, <clears throat> what would you do if you've lost the heart of your child? What would be the way you would get that child's heart back? So uh, it's been interesting where our society has been going. Um, we have a lot of people that are just, you, you, you kind of wonder what they're thinking. You can look at them and say that there's something wrong. Uh, and then even getting into the trans, into the gay culture, um, a, a lot of those people uh, have have parents that are not happy with their kids. And I believe that is a huge turnoff. And I believe that is one of the quickest ways to lose your the heart of your child, to push them away, is if you are always negative towards them. Yeah. If they have never heard a good compliment out of your mouth, then they are always they, they they want to please you. Mm-hmm. They want to come home. 
They want you to make them smile, and they want to make you smile. And they want to know that they please you. And you have to, they bring you that drawing. Oh, good job. You know, put that on your desk. Put, you know, take that with you. Cherish that. And, and sometimes you just got to say, hey, good job. Keep it up. Hey, let's go work on a project. Right. I want to yep. see what you can do. Hey, let's paint this. And you have to give them that affirmation that you as a parent love them, and you have to verbally say that, and you have to act it out. Uh, so it's attention, right? Attention. That's getting back into attention. Encouragement. Mm -hmm. It's interest. Mm -hmm. yeah. Showing an interest in them, even from a, a young age. Yeah. Um, if not, they, dr they, they would drift apart. And you lose their heart when you drift apart. So the interest and the encouragement and the, the love, all of that bundles together to create uh, having their heart from a young age. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, and even when they, uh, if, if you're a father and you, you have all those characteristics all in one and, and somehow or some way your kid does go away, you know, from you and, you know, doesn't call you, doesn't talk to you as not wants nothing to do with you, but you have those characteristics, that kid knows, just like the prodigal son in the back of his mind, that he's always got a place that he can call home. He's always got a mom. He's always got a dad that loves him. Even when things don't go his way, he's got someone there. He's got a, like you could say, like a safety net of someone who he knows that loves him as a mom or dad because yeah. they've had those characteristics. And it's not always the mom and dad's fault why, uh, kids go away, um, but most of the time it can be. Yeah. Um, like Brother Brandon saying, um, uh, uh, some most dads and a lot of dads. Well, I, I wouldn't say most, but a lot of dads will scold their kids when they get home and just leave me alone and and I, get away from me and and why didn't you do this and why and it just makes that kid mad. You know, uh, it, it will just make them frustrated and it will make them upset. And that is pushing your kid further away from you. Yeah. And it's just pushing them out of their life. And don't be surprised when that kid grows up and, and wants to get out of the house as fast as possible, wants to get away from you. But if you have those characteristics of what you are talking about is interest in your kid and, and telling them, hey, good job on this, or let me help you with this. Hey, good job, you did this. You know, that is something that, makes that kid just say, I love home, I love my mom, I love my dad, and I wouldn't trade this for the world. Yeah, um, I was just thinking about um, there's two different models for, for fathers today, especially in America, and that is that we have this cultural model of what a father is. Mm -hmm. And this is the guy who, you know, he goes to work, but he's – He's got his life. He's got his toys. Um, he's into stuff maybe he shouldn't. Maybe he's into pornography. Maybe he's into, um, you know, other things. He's, um, you know, he's just not this dedicated father. He's a cultural mm -hmm. father. He swallows whatever culture says. He is, um, you know, he's interested in what's going on in this world. And... Um, but then there's the other model, which is the Christian model. And, and our, our hearts need to be dedicated to what the Christian model is and understand that the cultural model of what a, a, a Christian father is is a recipe for disaster. That's right. A, a cultural father 
is one of these who's, you know, he focuses on himself, and usually the wife at some point just becomes unhappy, frustrated, and um, then divorce occurs, and uh, two people blame each other. And, uh, you know, when divorce occurs, the child pays the price. Yeah, every time. The the, the child is the one who's going to suffer. Insecurity uh, abounds. uh, Bitterness abounds in the hearts of these children. Uh, They get angry. Or if they don't get angry, they go the other direction. They become aloof. In other words, they can't deal with in their heart and their mind what's going on with the the difficulty of their parents and so they they just they become aloof and it's like they don't care and these are all yeah. results of this cultural model of, yeah. of a dad and it what it does is it just destroys completely undermines a child's security their peace and it and the, the danger is is that it ultimately destroys their understanding of God and right. that he is a loving heavenly father, a godly father, because the model to the child is, is this dad who's focused on himself. He's doing his things. He got his toys and, um, the home really isn't happy. There's a lot of trouble, maybe even addictions going on. Um, money is the king. Yeah. Got to have all yeah. the materialistic things, but yet, um, the Christian model is left out. That's right. Yep. And this is a this is a great problem to the kids today because it'll disconnect a father from his child. And um, one of the greatest things you can do to ruin your relationship with your children is just be selfish with your time, with your money, with everything you have. Um, if you're selfish with your time and your money, then hey, you know. That um, that connection with your kids is going to ebb away. That's right. It's is slowly going to deplete. So, um, but but a child really, even at a young age, they understand if you did something for them that caused you to sacrifice for them because of you love them, it turns this whole model around to becoming a Christian model because isn't, isn't that the essence of Christ yes is he sacrificed himself for us he he willingly died on the cross he willingly suffered for us and so when a, when a when a husband fits that model of I'm gonna give myself to my home I'm gonna give myself to my family and again there's no perfect father yeah. but when you adapt this mentality of sacrifice, to your home what you're saying to your home is you mean something to me but even greater you're showing a pattern of christ in that home such that they're going to want to follow that because they see the blessings that come from that so to sum up what i'm trying to say here is that this cultural model that we have in america today is is something that you've got to avoid yeah. you can't allow it to control your mind you have to find the principles of scripture that will make your family a, a tight family a joyful family 
A couple of them I'll give to you, and then I want to give these guys some time to, to mention it, uh, uh, to, to talk about these things. Okay. Um, first of all, I think, Dad, you got to love your wife. Amen. Amen. Love your yeah. wife and stay close to her. Your children find great security in your love yes. for your wife. Um, and, and so love your wife, stay faithful to her. And you know what you're doing? You, you may not realize it, but you're creating this platform of, of happiness and peace and security. You're giving them the opportunity to have an open heart. Because love opens the heart. And, and when you love your wife, it opens their heart, and they see that, and they're like, you know, this is good. And when a heart is open, it can receive truth. Um, and it can receive, you know, we all know these people that their heart and mind is closed. They're not going to receive truth. And I wonder if you couldn't go back into the home of where that person lived and see some of these um, steps, some of these uh, seeds that were in their home, of how little by little they began to, you know, drift apart from that home and that family. Uh, because love, uh, you know, when a husband, uh, a man doesn't love his wife, so stay close together and don't drift apart, man. Keep doing things that your wife loves and that yeah. she needs and keep demonstrating your love to her and it will pay off through your relationship to your children. Uh, because let me tell you this, when a dad doesn't treat his wife right, every child loves their mom and they're going to take offense to it and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be conflicting, and they're going to separate their heart love usually from dad instead of mom. Mm. And so I say that to dads to say just, hey, keep loving your wife. And, you know, men and women are different. We know that. You just have to accept her, love her. Don't mm -hmm. try to figure her out. Right. Don't try to make her into what you want her to be. Um, uh, love her for what she is, and uh, that'll work. And then also, I say, um, accept your uh, accept responsibilities in life. Whatever's your responsibility to do, do it. Take care of it. Yeah, you're going to be yeah. tired. Yeah, you're going to be a weary dad. But let, let me tell you, um, you are also garnering and building respect into you for your children when you accept responsibility and you're, you're building respect into your wife and family. Um, and yeah, everybody has their fun times, enjoyable times when you let your hair down and relax. That's important. But, uh, but there are people that obfuscate responsibility. It divides the home and it divides, uh, the connection between their parents and the ch child and the wife and the husband. And so, Strive that, and then lastly, strive to be consistent. Amen. Strive to be consistent on everything. Um, if if you have a rule for one child, you keep that rule for all three of them. Right. Um, and and don't just show one love. Sometimes a parent will find that one child they they favor. They're they're like me. <laughs> 
they're they're the most like me, but there there's that other child in my home. I don't I don't understand where they came from. Maybe they were switched at birth or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, we all have that child. It's like, you know, you're different. Well, let me tell you, God makes people different. He, imagine how weird this world would be if it were just everybody were the same. You yeah. know. So I said all that to say is just love your family. Don't show favorites to those kids because it'll stir up a source of bitterness in the one and that will pull them away from you and um, that'll draw them away from you. So strive your best. Strive to be consistent in, in everything you do, every decision you make. All right. It's good. I'll give these guys some. So uh, another thing too, as a as a dad, um, you you have to protect your family too. Yeah. Um, physically, yes, but as as the leader of their home, that's the way God set it up. Um, Satan's gonna attack you. He's gonna attack your kids, and he's gonna attack your wife. And 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 it's the dad's responsibility. Satan's gonna put something. I guarantee you, Satan's gonna put something. Uh, some type of attack towards your family and it's the father's responsibility to take care of that and you just have to stand up like a man and say no you're not going to get my family satan yeah and then sometimes that may be kids doing without something uh it may be you doing without something there are several different things sin can creep in <coughs> satan can attack but yeah. stand strong as a man uh and just just so you're so strong and say uh, no i want to protect my family yeah yeah Taking a stand for right and, you know, letting your kids know, hey, this is wrong and this is right. And this is what we need to do. And I tell you, that, that brings so much good to your home and your family when there's a dad. And, and make sure that when you stand on something right, that it's not something that you stand on because you selfishly want it. <laughs> this is what's right. Well, really, your real motive is that's what you wanted. But it's not right. always mm -hmm. a scriptural right. or So stand on what's right. Stand on the Bible. Um, stand on what's true. Um, and it, you know, it, it, that's what you know, Godly Father's going to be. He's going to stand. And um, all throughout Scripture we see people, men that have stood. And um, we also see in Scripture um, men that have not stood and the, the danger that'll be. And then lastly, one more thing is, uh, men, don't be controlled by influences of the world. The world Amen. is always trying to influence the devil, uh, as Brandon said, that the devil's trying to influence you. This world is trying to draw your attention away uh, from your home and your family. We live in a, a, a pleasure-minded society, and uh, that seems to be the mantra of the day. Just have fun, just have pleasure. Yeah. Um, and, and yes, there should be some fun times and good times, even especially with your family. But, um, you know, this idea that we absorb ourselves and our pleasures and fun is, is, is destructive to the, um, the peace and the direction of a home uh, that brings real peace and real joy. So stand against those worldly influences. Stand against addictions. Uh, don't allow yourself be a man have a backbone when it comes to taking a stand for what is true and right uh, and if for nothing else to protect your family from these uh, worldly things that are going on in our world
if you're a, a a man out there listening today to this podcast, or if you're a woman, or if you're a child, whatever you are, um, the first thing into leading your home and helping your home out is to uh, number one, make sure that you are uh, born again, make sure that you are saved, and Jesus Christ offers salvation, free gift to you. That uh, it says in the Bible that for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Mm-hmm. And Jesus offers that free gift to you as a dad, as a mom, a child, whatever, whoever you are, God offers that free gift. But you've got to start there. You first have to be saved, and you, you have to be uh, a born-again believer in Jesus Christ. Or I'll just tell you the truth is that your home will be wrecked and in shambles if you and your wife and your family are not saved. You first have to be saved and have the Holy Spirit living in you. And Jesus gives us, in the Bible and in the Gospels especially, a clear path to salvation and how we can be saved. Is that we have to realize, number one, that we are all sinners. Everyone has done wrong. Everyone has stolen something. Everyone has lied. Someone, someone's lied. Someone's cheated. Someone's done that. We have to realize that we are sinners, that we have done wrong, and that, that penalty is death. Secondly, is we have to realize that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for those sins and to pay for your sins. Jesus died on the cross so that you could be saved. And that's the third point there is that all you have to do is accept Jesus Christ and believe on him and you will be saved. Um, If you are someone out there listening today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I would greatly encourage you to do that right right away. The Bible says today is the day of salvation, right now. You can kneel at your bed, you can have a phone call, you can talk to someone. And if you do get saved, we would love to know that you are saved. And uh, you can call our church's phone number and ask if you have any questions. That would be awesome. But please, please, please do not pass up the opportunity, the free gift of salvation that Jesus offers to everybody. Let's pray. Lord and Savior, we do thank you so much for loving us, for being so good and kind to us. We thank you for being the greatest father example that anybody could ever have. Yeah. We're thankful that we can go to your word, and you tell us exactly how we can, as a Christian, be a better Christian and a better father. You give us so many examples and reasons to do so. And I thank you, Lord, that it's, it's a plan that does work. Amen. And your word stands true. And, uh, and, and if we just apply it to our life, we will be the Father that you would have us to be. And I ask that you forgive us of our imperfections, our Amen. faults, our failures. Help us to move beyond those. And, Lord, we do pray for our kids. Lord, thank you that you've given them to us. Help us to be a father that our kids look up to spiritually and that you'll allow us, Lord, to lead them in a way that they will give their hearts to you and serve you for their life in whatever capacity you have for them. Bless us as only you can. Thank you for loving us. We love you too. In Jesus' name, amen.